Hello and welcome to Lady Time. I am your host, Carol Fitzpatrick, and my guest today is Marieke Lexmond. Welcome, Marieke. Oh, thank you, Carol, for having me. I'm so delighted to be on the show. Oh, great. Thank you very much for coming. Marieke, is that how I say your name right? Is that right? Uh, Marika. 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 I beg your pardon. Marika Lexmond reads. No worries. <laughs> she likes to read tarot cards. She loves food, photography, and travel. She has three sassy little dogs that she likes to take everywhere. And they even have their own Instagram account at Urban Dog Squad. Her background is in filmmaking, and this has enabled her to travel and live around the globe. Storytelling is in her blood. And Marika is really into fantasy and science fiction. They're, they are her favorite genres. She prefers to write fun and mystical stories. Her attraction to nature and places with a magical history brought her to New Orleans and the West Coast of Ireland. As a pagan, she felt instant connection to the land. It feeds her imagination and becomes the inspiration for the Madigan Chronicles. You're very welcome, Marika. <laughs> That's totally fine. <laughs> These Dutch people with their funny names. Yeah. yeah. I love the Dutch people, actually. I have a couple of friends who are Dutch, so it's lovely to have someone oh, volunteer. Yeah. yeah. So, Marika, what, what, how, what are your feelings about uh, becoming middle-aged? How do you feel about middle-age? I actually love it. I um, I feel like I'm finally becoming the age I've always felt I was. You know, you do sometimes with friends, oh, how young are you feeling? And everybody says, oh, 16 or 18 or 24. And I always say 60. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm finally growing into becoming oh. old. I don't know. I find becoming older comfortable. I find being young very uncomfortable. Yeah. That's very interesting. That's great. Yeah. Oh, great. So you were delighted to reach middle age. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think in the end, every age has its charm, but um, I don't mind it at all. I think it's very comfortable that you um, are more in yourself, you know, better, you know yourself better. You just um, don't feel so insecure and, you don't care that much about what other people think anymore. And uh, yeah, so it's actually, I find it pretty okay. Yeah, I agree. Hey, you get more comfortable in your skin. So much better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, um, I always say you, you become more in your own power or something. It, I think it's just because you just... Yeah, and that's what happens in life. You have your experiences and you just understand yourself better. I know your shortcomings, but also your more strength. So you're just more secure, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And um, is that something you've worked on is becoming more comfortable in your own power? Is that something you've always been aware of, you know, personal power? Um. Uh, it's something that I always strive to be myself, but I think that's always, uh, that's a learning process and, 
Um, I'm probably not even there yet, I would say. Um, it, it's just, you're not always, uh, especially uh, when you're younger, I think I try to fit in, but I'm just a little quirky and slightly different. And um, these days I find it easier just to be myself but it's always uh it's something i've been consciously trying to improve over the last couple of years i would say yeah because i i read that yeah you said that um uh, getting comfortable with being quirky or being different is good isn't it i mean i would i would have something similar you know being a bit quirky. it's just yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you think, you know, it, it, sometimes you go, oh my God, people will think I'm crazy yeah. or whatever. But I, no, I think, you know, people think whatever they think. You yeah. know, you can't please everybody. And um, in the end, you're better off being yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because you'll never please other people. <laughs> <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> no, no. So, um, yeah, but it's it's something to work on. I think being yourself is also it's a discovery, and uh, you only find it out if you step out of your comfort zone every now and then and try things that are outside your box, if you want to call it that way. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, uh, push yourself to do stuff that you think, oh, I'm not comfortable with doing that at all. Or, and I must say, in that sense, by, uh, I, I moved to America about how much? 15 years ago or something. And um, I must say, I thought, oh, America, it's more or less the same as the Netherlands or Europe. But I found that there was a lot of cultural difference. And then you start to think more, who am I actually? You know, and what's my culture? And where do I come from? And uh, when I lived in the Netherlands, I never thought about what it meant to be Dutch. But by going and live somewhere else, you're forced to think more about yourself. You learn more about the country that you're living in. And I think um, that's something that I found a gift. I never expected it. And it's forced me to, you know, really um, understand myself better because you're trying to understand a different culture. Yeah, that's brave uh, going to America. What age were you when you went? Roughly. Uh, roughly 35, something like that. Okay. Yeah, still quite young. Uh, yeah. yeah, because, you know, people travel a lot in their 20s, so they're their late teens and 20s. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's courageous to, to move in your mid 30s. Yeah. Find Thank it hard. You. To, you know, did you find it hard to connect with people? I, uh, that's one of the things I learned. <laughs> oh, my light's going on. Um, I, uh, I'm, I was not particularly an extrovert. Mm -hmm. So uh, moving somewhere else uh, forced me to uh, build a new social circle. And that's something that we moved around a lot. So I had a lot of practice and um, 
I, I, I learned a little bit how to make, you know, you have to go out and meet people because people will not knock on your door. And if you're in another country, um, you know, and I wasn't allowed to work initially, I have no other choice than go out and try to meet people. So you have to join a group or go uh, to a gym or like I have dogs and I walk the dogs all the time. So people start to talk to you in the streets or I do things like um, I pick a local coffee shop or something and go there a couple of times a week. So people start to recognize you. And um, then I uh, Dutch people are very straightforward and they're not very chit chatty. So that's something I really had to learn is just to have an easy conversation about, you know, the weather and just light things, you know, mm -hmm. not always go immediately into a heavy discussion or, you know, just have a little chat. And um, yeah, so the last 15 years have been uh, in that respect, um, a, a big learning curve for me personally. Yeah, no, that's brave. It's great. Um, that I love the dogs will definitely connect you with people wherever you are, won't they? When you take them for a it's walk, the people, best. yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the people you know, well, dog people who love dogs will connect with you. Um, and the coffee shop is a great idea as well. I'm sure it wasn't a strategic thing, but you just happened to do that, and then that's what, yeah. So I learned too that that yeah. was a good thing. You know, yeah. to, to pick one place that you show yourself regularly so people will start to know you. Yes. And then, you know, you have to just make friends and not everybody needs to be a friend for life. You just need to start building a, a, a social circle. And it takes, I would say, three to five years before you're back to where you started, mm. more or less. Okay. Yeah. Time. And you have to give yourself that time. Yeah. So, and you, you worked with film, so film brought, brought you to different countries or film brought you to different places. How yeah, is film business? <laughs> film business is fun, I think. Um, it, you see a lot of different places. I was lucky like, in 2019, I started to, with a documentary with some an Irish uh, production company, Duck Upon Rock, and we went to Greenland. And oh. never in my whole life I would ever think to have come to a place like that. You know, so that's the beauty about filmmaking. You come to some amazing places. And... Um, wow. Yeah. We're pretty spoiled people, I think, people in the film industry. We're just, um, yeah, if I see sometimes the places my husband travels to for his work and then it's like, wow, it's amazing. Yeah, that's great. That is great. It's nice to travel, isn't it? Um, and so you write books. Yeah. Do you write books? I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I started, when I moved to America, I couldn't do anything and um, I started to I came across a screenwriting program oh, and I nice. thought gosh you know that's fun and then I realized I had all sorts of uh, ideas bouncing around in my head and I just started writing and I thought gosh that's so much fun so I started to do all sorts of courses and um and yeah so I wrote multiple screenplays and pilots for tv series and um 
And one of the pilot, uh, one of the ideas I got was about uh, a family that represented tarot cards, the major arcana of tarot cards, uh, because I started reading the tarot cards when I went to America and um, I combined the idea of a family and I tried to write a screen, a, a film from it, but I never could squeeze it into the two hours because it was just way too many characters and the more I thought about it, so much happened. You couldn't possibly squeeze it in two hours. So once, then I wrote it as a pilot for a TV series and a lot of people said, oh, you should write a book. And I thought, I'm not known for my patients. So I thought I will never have the patience to write such a long form. And then I was in Ireland and um, I didn't have another project going. So I thought, you know what? I'll just start. And it turns out I totally love it. I just love it that you have the freedom to go in people's heads. And mm. um, the fun part about writing is that you are actually all those characters. Mm. So you can um, have fun with that. And um, yeah, I, I, I have, I have just such a good time with it and um, it's um, so I in the end it will become a series of six books and um, I'm currently writing book four and book three will come out I think beginning of next year somewhere January February. Very so, exciting uh, and do you read in oh sorry do you write in Dutch or in English? In English. in English. In English. Okay. Yeah I, I, I figured not many people uh read Dutch mm -hmm. and anyway uh, by living somewhere else my Dutch didn't improve I must say <laughs> but it's also strange to write in a different language but um, yeah I have help along the way from other people to keep me on point with language so that's amazing so these books are um, based on a family within the tarot cards or the dramas that go on. Well, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with tarot cards, but it's 78 cards. Okay. Tarot deck. And it has 22 what they call major cards. Mm -hmm. And um, the major cards represent certain archetypes or and are mainly something that you personally have to go through. So you have like the Empress, which is the all mother, and which means nurturing and so one of the characters in my book is uh, the grandmother, which is actually the matriarch of the family. So she's very nurturing and stuff like that, that fits with the card. So she represents that card. So the whole family in the end is 22 characters and not every character gets as much attention, obviously, because that would be too crazy. But, you know, seven or eight are like the main uh, spew of the family so all but um, the whole family is 22 people with from grandparents to grandchildren and uh and then the all the chapters are like the minor cards because you have the minor suits from one to ten and they um uh, they are all the chapters and then you have the court cards but they are not represented in my books because at some point i didn't fit so my whole story is 40 chapters long and like each book is six or seven chapters and then the chapter represents or embodies a little bit the spirit of the cards like now um 
I'm writing about the Two of Pentacles, which is about juggling responsibilities. So everybody in the chapter, um, you know, will show some uh, multiple responsibilities that they have to deal with or something. And the, the um, chapter before that was the Three of Cups, which is about uh, happiness. And so really happy stuff happens and not so happy stuff because I think life is about balance. So if you have the extreme happiness, you also have some sad things going on so um absolutely oh that's fascinating so they're kind of like giving you a framework for the story in some way yes yes yeah so the 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 tarot cards are basically the frame for the story yeah and uh actually in book two there is actually a tarot deck in the family that represents the people and that comes to life so then it becomes a whole fantasy i take it for spin so it's uh so one big mingle of uh, <laughs> magical wow. madness. And do you ever use the tarot cards for part of the story? As in, do you ever put a deck? I don't know. Do you ever read a deck? Use a deck to... to... Uh, you can sometimes if you're stuck. You yes. Can think, oh, where would my story be going? Yes. And uh, But I must say, because I uh, hook them up already on a... Um, cards it's just it gives you already so many options to think about and like with character traits for uh the persons it also gives me a lot of you know extra and i do take obviously uh uh, liberties you know you i I don't want to be too stuck on it so i like with the character traits i do take liberties but one of the fun things i do with the chapter i have uh, artist friends and she designs uh, the tarot cards for each chapter. So uh, her name is Nicole Ruigrok, and I know she's a childhood friend. And uh, so it's really fun to work with somebody else who is creative because you push each other a little bit. And um, because she so knows now the story so well, I sometimes brainstorm with her about you know the books because it's such an extensive story. It's hard to think of everything yourself. So it's nice to have a brainstorm partner to get those juices going in your head because it's sometimes I get stuck and I need to, you get into a sort of a loop of your thoughts and it's good to have somebody to push you out of that. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. Absolutely. You do need somebody to, to bounce ideas off sometimes I'd say. And um, she's your childhood friend. You have a, you have a website together, don't you? Or do you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called Under the Witch's Hat. Yes. And um, it's that that comes from um, the witches in my story. They have mm-hmm. a, a bar, which is called Under the Witch's Hat in the French Quarter. And um, in, the, in the front of the bar, they sell cocktails and they do, you know, it's a sort of a mix of real life and they spice it up with magic but not too obvious for the regular people and in the back you can have a tarot reading or buy a spell or do stuff like that so I thought it would be nice to expand the books a little bit with the world that people can sample what's going on so on under the witch's heads I sell spells that I make myself so every little spell is unique um there are, are recipes on there because one of the witches in the book is an effort baker and uh, cooks a lot so it's just nice um, there are some of her favorite recipes on there then there are some cocktails which you could 
finding the bar and um yeah obviously it tells a little bit about books about us um so yeah it's a little bit of everything on there yeah it's a great it's a great name and um there's some lovely things in there so the recipes look great i love the look of the like vegan meringues look amazing they look amazing oh, they were so guilt-free tasty. meringues <laughs> And um, I was so amazed because they make them from the, the juice of the, uh, uh, oh God, how do you call them? The kicker, the, um, oh, I can't find the English word there. But it's a juice from a, a, a bean kind of stuff. And it, it, then it becomes so fluffy and um, like the same kind of uh, um, substance as the, the, the regular meringue. I thought it was amazing. It tasted so good. Oh, they I can highly amazing. recommend it to try that one. Yes, yes. The, the, yeah, is it Santam gum? Is that, is that the stuff? Chickpeas. Chick- oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> the water of the chickpeas. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's great. And then the spells, are they yeah. little jewelry um, with things in it? Is that what the spells are? No. They're like some of them are like jewelry. I make them in old lockets that I find online. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other things I make of shells I find on the beach or okay. um, yeah, they, they they take off a life of their own, whatever I can find. I'm sort of a collector of little things. Mm-hmm. So I have um like when I'm here in Ireland, I just endlessly pick up stuff on the beach and if I go walking in the woods and I see something or um, little shops, little trinkets, or um, I, I, I just collect all these things. And then um, if I'm in the right mindset, I'll just make the spells and whatever fits. Like with the lockets, I can't always find them. So, um, but um yeah, I just love it. And I put, I, I start to think, what is this spell about? And I um, intuitively pick all little things that would fit in there. So none of them is exactly the same. Sometimes I write runes in there. Um, so it's kind of different. But I also sometimes make them uh, like this with little feathers and a piece of wood. Oh, and uh, there's a little shell on it and oh yes very oh yeah that's gorgeous because I, I got it together with a little wool that i found on the streets and then these little feathers i picked up somewhere so you know very nice so explain to me what a spell is a spell i see is a an, an intention of something yeah so okay. you set your intention on it and I make it with that specific intention in mind. And if somebody looks at for that specific intention, they have a connection to it and they can use it. But it's not something that will last forever. You okay. know, it will work some time. And then I think when it's done, it's run its course, it will just fall apart or it breaks. Or um, I make things like... Um, we all know those people that you have in your life that if you see them, they completely drain all your energy mm-hmm. from you. And and some circles, they call it psychic vampires, just people yes. who feeds on other people's energy. And you can yeah. make spells for that to ward that off a little bit. Okay. And 
um, I made one for somebody and um, I got that back. So that's why I know what happened to it. Um, the glass completely shattered from that. Wow. So I think he got something sent towards him and then it really bounced off. So I think he did its job and I made a new one. So uh, yeah, that's how wow, it that's goes. fascinating. It's most of the time not that obvious, I would say. I, I would just say a lot of times it just falls apart by itself or you feel the, the, the power you feel from it diminishes. Wow, that's fascinating. And I'd say, yeah, so is Louisiana like that? Is there, is there a lot of like mystical, magical stuff in Louisiana or is, is that my I would say New Orleans is a special New Orleans, place. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's in Louisiana. Okay. <laughs> um, but I don't venture much out of the city there. It's, uh, but um, yeah, New Orleans is uh, definitely a magical place. Yeah. It's, uh, and I, uh, I lived in California for a long time and I found it difficult because it's so dry and it has a lot of fire energy, which makes me restless. And New Orleans is very watery, and I like that. Like oh, absolutely. So in California, there is a lot of fire, and there's a lot of fires. And you're right, Louisiana, yeah. there's a lot of flooding, there's a lot of water. That's amazing. And and so what sign would you be then? Like, I don't know, sign, you know, um, I'm not, I don't know an awful lot about astrology, but there's some people have a lot, like I think I might have uh, Earth in my sign. I don't know, a bit of water as well. So would you be more attracted to water or earth or fire? Or- I'm actually a Virgo, which is oh, yeah. very earthy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very <laughs> earthy. And yes. I am actually a very typical Virgo. So I am very earthy. I feel very comfortable in woods and mountains. Yes. And uh, mm. I think that's what I love about Ireland. If I sort of come here and I feel the land, it speaks to me. That's how I call it. But it's... Um, no drop of Irish blood I'm pretty sure but I feel at home here it's just the land makes me feel at home oh. but I just love water and I'm pretty sure uh, my rising sign or something is water or whatever I, I, I'm also not extremely well in uh, uh, astrology but um, yeah I am a typical Virgo though I'm very detail oriented in a lot of ways and organized and uh, uh nitty-gritty kind of person yeah in that sense except for when I yeah certain things I I'm maybe too tedious but I, I'm very um, I see little things like I can walk in the woods and see the tiniest of mushrooms or something like that nice yeah I like the woods and I love the mountains I feel the mountains are so supportive or something I just love them yeah I love where you're living now in Linan it's beautiful yeah oh i i feel uh, yeah lucky <laughs> very yeah. lucky here the mountains to be able to go to the beach every day is just a, yeah if, i just love that i can't get enough of the ocean and um, beautiful beaches here and um but you know that the mountains are beautiful and the i although it rains now a lot with the fall it's just i love the light here you yes. know with the clouds and then you have these dark dark clouds and then you have uh, it, the clouds break and you have the most beautiful light here it's just mm. oh it's 
seems. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's very dramatic. It's lovely. Yeah, you yeah. can it's see very different to Holland here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. yeah, Holland is so flat. It's just different, but yeah. it's also beauty. You know, with the polders where you have those endless green grass with the streams mm-hmm. in between, and in the spring you have those the, the bulbs. It's in, yeah, that's its own beauty. I think. Absolutely. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And I love yeah. the way that, yeah, but the houses have little uh, water borders instead of fences. Sometimes yeah. they have a border with water. It's lovely. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, what would be your greatest achievement in life? So, because you have a lot of achievements there already with the books and the films and the travel. Uh, I think my greatest achievement is that I actually wrote a book. I seriously, I never, if you had asked me when I was 20 or something, you would go and become a writer. I was like, yeah, it's not going to happen. But I, um, yeah, and, and also to, uh, to commit to it, I think for such a long time, I find, uh, quite an achievement and I sometimes I uh, really question my sanity about thinking to write six books but you know I'm now over half so I think I should just keep going but it's um, yeah that's that's sometimes very difficult to keep going because writing um, the writing itself can be a little bit of a lonely business but getting it out there is you need a lot of people and also because I self-published the books you know I'm also like the website and the Instagram accounts you have to do everything yourself so it pushes you to uh, completely out of your comfort zone like a website my husband helped to set that up but now I'm reasonably comfortable to move around in it myself and I it is that I really want to do that. Otherwise, I would never have had the patience to do this because I would. I, it's. I, it really stresses me out the whole website thing. I find it uh, confusing and difficult, and uh, I don't know. It's not my happy place, but uh, it's getting better. So you know, I think also um, to be uh, by doing something that you're not entirely comfortable with it just helps you uh, grow and i i I think the whole book thing is just um i that i do all these side things and it's also in the end all the things i've been doing in my life are coming together like with the instagram uh, i have a degree in camera and lighting so I still can use that with little movies or little, you know, I can. Uh, oh, wow. That's great. So, you know, everything comes together again. Yes. So I feel like that even though sometimes you do things, I mean, think uh, like all these writing courses, I thought some, I thought, oh, gosh, why did I do those? But by writing, you find out, gosh, it did find a place. I did learn something. And um you just have to follow your path and it's not going always in the direction that you expect it. Yeah. But, but, but still it, you end up somewhere and you can be happier than you imagined or you, um, 
you know, and then, and then you are in a band and you think, oh, oh gosh, how am I ever going to master this or where, what am I doing? Or, um, and then you, you keep going and then you end up in a good part again. So you just have to keep going, I think. And I, I that's something I really um, had to learn. Yeah, follow the process, trust it, but it's difficult. I would say it can be, yeah. So yes, life isn't a straight A, a to B. Yeah. What I'm what I'm imagining when you're talking there is the river flowing, and sometimes oh, yeah. it's vibrant, and sometimes it's slow, and sometimes you're in a bend, and yeah. So yeah, it's definitely yeah. not all these it's, different trains to navigate. You know, when I went to film school, I was so clear in my head what I wanted to do, and then the older I get, it's just like. I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. That's, that's what they say. The more you know, the more you realize you don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. It's only people who don't know much who profess to know everything. <laughs> yeah. And what would have been your greatest challenge? Uh, my greatest challenge definitely was for, I was a workaholic. In the Netherlands. Okay. So I ran a camera rental house and I teach horse riding lessons in the evening. And then we moved to America and I went from doing all that to absolutely nothing. I wasn't allowed to do anything. I lived in a new place. I was still, you know, my husband was there, but you know, I, he had a job. He, we went there because he had a job. And um, so I felt myself there all along from being always gone and doing stuff to doing absolutely nothing. And I must say that has been quite a shock to the system. And um, it forced me to think about what I wanted out of life. Um, how, how are you, like we talked earlier, how are you going to make new friends? Or what do you fill your day with? If you know, you have to completely start from scratch. And uh, I think it took me at least a year and a half to a little bit find my way and um, that was difficult but you know here I am it's all good now so <laughs> did that did that change you like if you were used to being busy all the time do, do, do you now feel there's a bit more balance that you you can take things a bit slower or you know if because busy is good but not if it's too much you know but if it's, I, uh, I definitely learned to relax more. Yeah. And uh, to enjoy the moments more, I think. Okay. That's Great. One of the things, you know, I was always busy. And if you're always busy and you do a lot of stuff, you always think about the next thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think if you're home, and I think also that was like now with the whole COVID business. Um, yes. You know, my husband and I were just both home and we were like, Okay, you start to think a little bit more about the little things that brings um, pleasure to your life. You know, instead of we travel normally a lot, so we just and now we were home and we're like, oh, it's so lovely to have a picnic in the park and let the dogs run around, or you know, it just um, in that respect, I find find it you know good to sometimes have to reevaluate what, what you're doing. Know, it forces you to uh and i i think these things in life happen and then you really have to think and say you know uh, how can we do this better or different or 
um, you know, maybe there's a lesson to be learned from this. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to evaluate. It's good to take stock and and see what 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 you want to take forward and what you want to let go of. Um, a bit like doing the work with the ten- intention. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, tell me about the tarot. Apart from the book, now that you know you're using it for the book, which is amazing. Do you like you love tarot? Do you like? I do. Do you like reading I... tarot for people? um i love reading for other people i just don't want it to make it my day job mm-hmm. so i do it occasionally on a party if somebody really asked me but it's a rarity i do do it for friends or family or um for myself mm-hmm. for my husband or uh, like i draw a card every day okay uh, to see what the day was like and a card of the day is more like uh, you know something uh simple can happen like i draw the five of swords which is about argument and strife and swords are about the mind normally but you know you can also take it very literally i cut my finger it would also represent the five of swords very well that day so i thought you see you have to sometimes for the card of the day you actually have to think small and um and i love to read for myself but as a guidance tool I believe yes. very much that you make your own future. So, yes. Uh, every day you make choices, so your future constantly changes. And a tarot can give you a moment in time, and it can give you options, or uh, it's uh, pointing you in something that you know you have to deal with, but you just don't want to face sometimes, I think. Uh, because I also believe that if you really voice it out loud it really starts to become something we have a lot of things that's going on in our heads and it's the same i think with problems that you know that you have but if you don't really have said it out loud and really say this is the problem i have to do something about it um then you actually start really making it real and i think the tarot is a good tool for that it just says hey come on deal with this or uh i say you know uh start a new job what are the pros and cons for that or um i have an interview what do i need to look out for or stuff like that you know it gives you ideas and i do it when i buy a new deck i use it as a card of the day because i can see if i actually resonate with the deck because I think from the 300 plus decks I have, I maybe actually use 10 decks that I feel connected to. Okay. And I still love them all. So I just, you know, sometimes I draw them as a card of the day for a little while and see if I really resonate with it or that I just love them as the cards itself. You know, I, I have some that are really beautiful artworks, but couldn't read with it to save my life. But, um, <laughs> you know, you just, um, yeah, and in New Orleans, unfortunately not here. I have a couple of original uh, artworks from people who make cards. So that's really cool. That is cool. Wow. So it's quite the collection you have. Uh, I just love it. And I think it's a, a way of expressing for people. And uh, yeah, so it's nice. Yeah, great. Um, and what are your visions and hopes, Marika, for 
and dreams for the future. Have you got any anything that you really want to do or are you taking each day as it comes? I take basically every day as it comes, but I am uh, definitely set to finish my book series and I actually already have thoughts about another series. Oh. So um, I would love to keep writing. I just love it. And um, I just have a lot of fun with it. So um, who are you writing for? Do you know? Uh, I would say my books are made, are fairly female oriented. Mm-hmm. And I would say 18 plus. Yeah. Okay. Because it's about family and there, there are male characters obviously in the book, but it's um, a lot of females. Yeah, it's multiple generations. I'm fascinated by family dynamics. So it's just lovely to be able to write about that. Great. Brilliant. And do you use your own family dynamics through generations to help or... I, uh, I, yeah, well, I think you, it's a mix of everything, but uh, yeah, obviously I've learned stuff from my own family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I have only brothers, which is very interesting. I would have learned, yeah. So um, I have four older brothers and I'm just a baby. Yeah. But I, I think, and I am lucky to come from a family family. And, I, you know, I'm very aware that not everybody's family is that happy or that there are people out there who don't fit with their family or uh, so you know I've I've always been interested in everybody's stories about their family and um, it's nice to play around with that. Um, I'm sure they're going to be fascinating they're called the Madigan Chronicles is that right? Yes that's right and the first one is called uh, the Decker and the second is the Magical Tarot Deck and I'm now uh, wrapping up the wands that is book number three yeah so um great well i look out i'm going to look forward to looking out for those so can you buy them in a bookshop or is it something you buy online or have you uh they're mainly online but you can they are um in in every shop like uh amazon but also in england and here in europe you can um they're not only an ebook they're also in paperback great Um, brilliant yeah can find a way through my website yeah under the witch's hat under the witch's hat which is great yeah i think that's amazing great name i'd love to go to that bar (laughs) yeah (laughs) well maybe one day i will be able to make it yes yeah it's a great name it sounds like a lot of fun as well marika it's been so nice talking to you Really nice talking to you. And I look forward to bumping into you down the West. Uh, yes, come on over. Yes. 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 I have a lovely friend who has a gorgeous bookshop in Clifton. I don't know if you've been to that. Uh, I've been to Clifton for sure. Yeah. So uh, I might have been in there. Yeah, you should take a little look. It's so nice. It's, it's It wins awards. It's a lovely little bookshop and it's it's won loads of awards. Um, and is it in the centre part of town? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely check it out. Um, I will. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I'd look forward to, to maybe uh, interviewing you again if you're interested. Oh, uh, that would be lovely. Yeah. And it was so nice to talk to you, Carol. 
Yeah, because I'm in a, a very lovely uh, book club. So I must, and I, I know we, we did read a series of books, um, the Italian one, you know, there's one that was all about uh, Sicily, or not Sicily, no, Napoli, down down south. So yeah, so like, it's nice to get a series, yes. get into it. It's really nice to get stuck in and read over you know, a few books. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, nice. if you yeah. can keep going a little bit. I think that's yes. now I'm happy. Now book three is coming, then I feel it becoming. You know, people who like to read series, they, I, I love to read series, and you just want to go from the next one to the next. So, um, because it's hard to keep up with writing if you... <laughs> well, you must be very disciplined. You must be very disciplined to have written so much. Well, as a Virgo, I'm good with structure. So um, I um, I do good in a routine. And that's one of the reasons I love, now, I love to come to Ireland because I love Ireland. But for me being here in rural Ireland, it gives me the structure to do the same every day. You know, I run errands, I walk the dogs and I write a certain portion of the day. And the other part, the whole story is just swirling around in my head. I talk to my characters when I walk on the beach or, you know, I, um, I think I'm not one of these people who just stares at the screen all day. If I don't write, I just get up and do stuff. I work in the garden or I, you know, because then it can percolate. So, oh, Great. Yeah. Brilliant. So you let the story develop in your head if it's not coming out on the screen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great. I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to read your book. <laughs> See, I can just go on and on about it. Yeah, I, oh. I just never thought I would love it so much. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's fascinating. Well, thank you so much, Marika. And uh, we look forward to having you on the show again. And oh, I'm our looking guest. forward to it too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe next time from New Orleans, you can see. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Great idea. Great idea. Thank you for joining us. This is Carol Fitzpatrick signing off for Lady Time this evening. Jill McGregor will be up next. And if you like the show, please uh, subscribe and please tell your friends. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.